Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, Hello Fresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Podcast like it. Just podcast like it. Podcast like it's 1999. Podcast like it. Hello and welcome to a podcast like it's 1999, the podcast where we look back at the movies of 1999 from our purchase year 2018. I am one of your hosts, Kenny Nybart. And I am Phil Iscove. And today we are doing a movie. We are doing a movie, I that guess. Phil is so excited to do. It's not that I'm not excited to talk about it. I just didn't necessarily enjoy the viewing experience. Well, we, we teased this one last week on Run Lola Run. We mentioned that this is the highest grossing movie of 1999 in the country of Germany. And it's, <laughs> That's accurate. It's, uh, it's very hard to, to understand why that is. We're not going to get into that probably, but the movie is Double Jeopardy. Um, I think because Phil hates this movie so much – and I could tell by the look on his face that he just he just despises. Despises is a hard word. I don't. I, that's not true. I I recognize that this is a sort of leave your brain at the door type movie. Do okay. you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I don't think that this is a movie that can that can withstand much scrutiny. Do you know what I mean? And we're gonna we're gonna find that out within the next hour and such as to how much scrutiny this movie can take. <laughs> but there were just a lot of buys. And I – you get a couple of those with me, with most movies, right? And then once you've – once you're out of buys, you better just be a lot of fun. Okay. That's fair. And then the movie – Like Deep Blue Sea. Like Deep Blue Sea, exactly. So once you're out of buys, I'm like, okay, at least – am I having a good time? Am I enjoying myself? And you were not. And I was not. <laughs> but I do think that there's a lot of really interesting things in this that we will talk about. Um, but let's just – let's unpack this a little bit in terms of – 
The movie opened on September 24th, 1999, opened number one with $23 million in its first weekend, which is, that's a healthy first weekend, uh, and made over $177 million worldwide mm-hmm. on a $70 million budget. Now, that's the most shocking part of this statistic to me. Where'd you get $70 million? What do you mean? I got 40 on Wikipedia. No, no, no. You might be, there might, there might be some, be some uh, P&A there. Hold on. Because I... I swear I saw 70 on uh, on Box Office Mojo. Yeah, 70 on Box Office Mojo. So people uh, are going to have to reconcile that. I mean, maybe it's 70 all in. Maybe it was 40 production, and then they did 30 on P&A. But it doesn't matter. Whatever. They spent money they on They spent a movie. lot of money on this movie. If it was 40, by the way, then I'm like, then it makes total sense. Because it looks like 40. Because it looks like $40 million. Yeah. And by the way, like as I was watching it, I was thinking, okay – because at this point, I was under the assumption that it was $70 million. I was like, there's a lot of location work. There's, and it's good location work. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's nice exteriors. It's lots of, you know, there's some vistas. There's some, you know, there's some helicopter shots over mountain ranges and stuff like that. But, like, that doesn't get you to $70 million. I don't know where. I mean, but anyway. So, well, you know, they also had a big name brand actor in this movie. Tommy Lee Jones was a big name brand, name brand actor. Yeah, he got that, paid $15 that, million for this movie. That's a lot. There's your there's your answer. Yeah, that's a lot of money. It's a lot of money that, for a performance that feels a little phoned in. Honestly, when I said big name brand actor, I'm thinking, wait, are you sure, Kenny? Is he really? And you gave me this look, and I'm like, oh, did I just like fifteen million dollars <laughs> yeah. to just do Tommy Lee Jones shit? Yeah. Wow. To do the poor man's version of the role he won an Academy Award for, which he also does in U.S. Marshals. But yeah. yeah. And by the way, I mean, I love Tommy Lee Jones. Just. To be very clear, I think he's great. He should not have won an Academy Award for the future. Should have won it for the previous year for JFK. Okay. Because Ray Fiennes should have won for Schindler's List. But oh, I mean, yeah. Well, you know, like, the, the Oscars are so weird with no, supporting I know. I'm just, characters. I'm just, anyway. Uh, another little bit of context here. Jodie Foster landed the role of Libby. Yeah, this is kind of weird. After Meg Ryan and Brooke Shields both declined, but was replaced by Ashley Dodd when Foster became pregnant. Did you read? Yeah. Do you want to read it? No, you can read it. If, I, if you have it at the ready. I don't have it at the ready because I was like, ugh, that's a rough quote. Um, here, is, here is the quote that the director, Bruce Beresford, um, said about Jodie Foster <laughs> when, uh, when they were talking about, I guess, the script or something. <laughs> I'm quoting Bruce Beresford right now. Now, we didn't talk about Bruce Beresford, but we did a little last episode. Basically, this guy directed Dar- Driving Miss Daisy. He did? Oscar-winning movie. He didn't win the Oscar. Lost out to the movie that should have won. The actor, the director of the movie that should have won the Oscar, Oliver Stone. Yes. Born on the 4th of July. But yes. Bruce Barron's Beresford, obviously, like, he knows how to make a movie. Yeah. No, I, I actually – I mean, there's a couple of Bruce Beresford's movies that I am that I quite like. What are the others? Well, uh, since you're putting me on the spot, I will look him up right now because I – Tender did, Mercies. I looked it up earlier and I was like, this guy's actually – yeah, Tender Mercies is a good movie. Buckaroo Banzai. Oh, no, that's not him. That's not him. Sorry. Um, wait, there was something else that I saw on his thing that maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, maybe those are the only two. Yeah, I don't think... You're wrong that there's more than those two, but he has made a ton of Crimes of the Heart, I think, is a good movie. Okay, he's made a ton of movies. He's made a lot of movies. Looks like he's made about 30 movies. Yeah. So people trust this guy. Okay, so... Yes. Jodie Foster said to Bruce Beresford, according to Bruce Beresford, she said to me once, when we were having, not an argument, we had different points of view over something. 
And she said, we'll have to do it my way, I'm afraid. And I said, why, Jody? And she said, because I'm so intelligent. I'm such an intelligent person that there's no point in disagreeing with me because I'm always right. I thought she was joking, but she wasn't. Now, can I just say something? She has an extraordinary opinion of her own IQ. I think I know someone like that, but go ahead. Who? President of the United States. Oh, sure. POTUS. Well, can, here's, here's what I'm going to say. <laughs> the reason that I think – my guess – and again, I obviously was not there. I don't know. Uh, I'm sure she was forceful in the way that she wanted things to be done. Fair enough. The quote is absurd. I'm the most intelligent – I mean – Jodie Foster's clearly not using this these words. Like, I think that there's a little bit of, like, he didn't like being put in his place, maybe, and I don't know. First of all, I think it's crazy for him to go to the press with a quote like this, I think is crazy. but I, mean, I wouldn't have believed that anybody could talk that way until we heard Trump, Trump talk every day. Now, oh, I believe yeah. people do talk that way sometimes, but whatever. So, Michelle Pfeiffer right. turned down the role in this movie, by the way. Turned it down in order to film the romantic comedy comedy uh the story of us uh which, which again, we will do which this we year. will do uh it's a 99 movie yeah. uh opposite bruce willis uh greg kinnear was offered the role of nick but passed mm-hmm. i could see that i, I could see very that. similar actors uh i actually might i actually think that and i really like bruce greenwood yeah i think he's a great actor um super underrated feels like he's always kind of the go-to guy when a bunch of people have passed That's which fair. is a bummer um, he's a little out of his league in this role. Well, it's an interesting kind of what if because I think Bruce Greenwood did a great job. But I also think that, um, <laughs> you know, Bruce Greenwood kind of only can hit singles and doubles. Whereas I think Greg Kinnear has triples and home runs in him. I agree with that. So, yeah, I, don't, I, I, like, I get what you're saying, but I also just kind of feel like uh, Bruce Greenwood's kind of all this movie needed. Yeah, sure, I, sure. I'm, I'm coming I'm just... from this movie from a much different place than you, I think. Like, well, okay. Like, I just did turn my brain off, and I did just like it, and I ju- I I view this movie more as a B movie than I think you do. Um, I here's here's where I come out on it. If I'm being honest, mm-hmm. I think that this movie is, uh, it's got a little bit of John Grisham in there. We can unpack that in a second because I do think that that's definitely part of. This yep. period. Um, I wish that this movie had been directed by Brian De Palma or Joel Schumacher. I wish that this movie was directed with someone who had a little bit more visual flair, someone who would have gone farther with it so that when the buys are done for me, I'm still enjoying it just on a technical proficiency perspective and on a, on a filmmaker who's taking the piss out of things and having a good time. This movie doesn't fully commit to that. So... When it's earnest, I'm just like, what's happening? <laughs> like, how am I, how am I supposed to invest in that? There's, all right, so let's just talk about what this movie is about. Uh, let me give you the, the synopsis for this movie because I think that's an important – You can give the synopsis okay. and then, then I want to talk about – I think the reasons why this movie is so fucking screwed up. But, <laughs> but I agree with that. But, but that's, been in my, that's been in my mind for so long that I just, I just okay. moved past that. Okay. So go ahead. Uh, framed for the murder of her husband, Libby Parsons, played by Ashley Judd, survives the long years in prison with two burning desires sustaining her, finding her son and solving the mystery that destroyed her once happy life. Standing between her and her quest, however, is her parole officer, Travis Lehman, played by Tommy Lee Jones. Libby poses a challenge to the cynical officer, one that forces him to face up to his own failings while pitting him against his superiors and law enforcement colleagues. 
Okay. That's what the movie's about. 100%. The way this movie was marketed uh-huh. was this is a movie about Double Jeopardy, which people are kind of familiar with. Now, Double Jeopardy, the, there's a literal cause in the, in the – there's a clause in the Fifth Amendment, right? <laughs> and the clause in the Fifth Amendment is, essentially says that you cannot be tried twice for the same crime. Okay? This I, is okay. not – this would not be the same crime. Well, here's – okay. So I'm sure you did the same thing that I did, which is you looked up online and said like, is Double Jeopardy – is the Double Jeopardy movie a thing? Not to be a not to be a total nerd, but no, I, I – Okay, I, I did. I, no, no. I've just known this well, for – Well, hold on. I've known this for 18 years. So someone went online and said, is the premise of Double Jeopardy, would that hold up in court? And a lawyer responded and said, we look to Hollywood to give us fantasy. And the premise underlying the movie Double Jeopardy is just that, a fantasy. In the movie, this is all in the trailer, so I'm not giving it away, the, hero- the heroine is convicted of killing her husband, who later turns out to be alive. The movie tells us that she can be- cannot be convicted of killing him again, so she is free to murder him in broad daylight. In reality, if her heroine kills the Nazi husband now, she can be prosecuted because the murder would take place in a different time and place than the non-murder for which she was earlier convicted. Therefore, it is not the same crime. Agreed. So, but then you have to ask yourself, and I was, I, Mel and I were talking about, my roommate and I were talking about this earlier, under what circumstances would the murder take place at the same time in the same place? Like, it's, it's, it's a useless thing to have in the Fifth Amendment. The, no, no, no. That's not what they mean. The Fifth Amendment means... Okay. The Fifth Amendment means... If I tried if, – if, if you were accused of killing me, yes. which you might do after this podcast, <laughs> and you got off, you couldn't then be tried again for that crime. So they oh. couldn't they, – with no, Okay, that makes sense. With no new that evidence. Makes sense. That makes sense. So, the, that makes so you know, the, the reason why you need new that. evidence to have a new okay. trial is – so you could not be tried again. That's what double – So this, tri- is just, this is just perverting, perverting a notion in, in – I understand. And the reason why it's kind of – insulting and infuriating is because when you read the synopsis it wasn't Ashley Judd's going to go and try to shoot him in broad daylight she's trying to figure out what really happened and get yeah, her yeah, son back that's yeah. what the movie's about but they they, they marketed it off yeah. this stupidity and yeah. it's only in the movie a couple of times yeah. there's the part where Roma Mafia says you know you can kill him again now like she's like some kind of courthouse lawyer, lawyer yeah. so he's, she's like you can go and kill her kill him again and like uh, Okay, whatever. And then Tommy Lee Jones is like, it's true. You, she could kill you again. I was a law professor. I was a law professor before. You know, it all went to shit for me. So I guess basically like I – so so I thought I had saw, seen this movie before. I think I'd only seen snippets on like HBO or something. And um, I thought it was like the dumbest thing in the world. But going into it just being like this is so stupid. This is so stupid. The, the actual content... I didn't go into it like that, just to be clear. Okay. The actual content of the movie is way less stupid than I expected it to be, which was monumentally stupid. I think, like, the, like this, 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 this I mean, thing I just... low bar, but sure. Yeah, this thing I just put forth, this idea that, like, the whole movie is predicated on this yeah. ridiculous idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not. It's just... It was basically just marketed that way. They're basically just... We need some kind of flashy thing. Okay, she can kill her husband again. She's allowed to legally, like... That's a load of crap, and I think that's for sure. That's the the fundamental disconnect. Like at its core, this is just bad Grisham, which is kind of fun for me because I like those movies and wish they still existed. Okay, this movie's the the premise. This double jeopardy premise is is an excuse for all intents and purposes for them to be able to sort of bake in a thriller within that sort of. 
notion, the, the, the perversion of this legal notion, okay? The problem is that the thriller is just not that good. So there's a lot of sh- a, a big spotlight being shone on how flawed this double jeopardy notion is. If you take the double jeopardy part out of it, okay, it's not that bad. Is what I'm trying to get no, at. No. Well, let's talk about it because okay. because okay. okay, hold on because your point was kind of like there's so many buys. So let me ask you this: Do you um? Here's the the, the the thing that jumped out at me as I was watching this movie. The biggest thing that jumped out at me was they don't make movies like this anymore. And I apologize to our listeners. This is going to be a little bit of a broken record because 99 did a lot of things really well. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, the wrong lessons were learned from 99 in some ways. It seems like over and over again. So we might be saying the term or the phrase, they don't, they don't make, make movies, movies like this anymore a fair amount. But – Well, I, I was I – was, I, I, I had I the, think the last. Well, what's the last movie that you think falls into this category? Because only one came to mind. Well, there are a couple, but they weren't just like this. Um, I think that stupid Mr. Snowman, Mr. Policeman movie, the, <laughs> the Snowman, the Snowman. Yeah, which is, that, I is this seen. kind of movie. Uh, the Girl on the Train is this kind of movie. I agree with that. Um, the best version of this kind of movie is Gone Girl. Yeah, but that's that, not, that was the one that jumped out like, at me. Gone Girl is, is, is such high and, fucking yeah, art. Over this. And, and, and a comment on these kind of movies and a comment on this kind of culture and a comment on... On well, things, the movies you that, just named had had themes and and were saying something. They also were based on books. So okay. even Mr. Policeman. So well, Mr. the Snowman. Even Mr. Snowman. Mr. Even Mr. the Snowman. Policeman. So they were all based on books. And what what, what I guess, were all based what on. I guess I'm trying to say is yeah, a lot of these movies. So in the '90s, a lot of these movies were Grisham movies, and then some of them were like you know Grisham offsuit off like like um, and they were better because they had Grisham. Yeah, but like Presumed Innocence was a a movie. That was a big the, book. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Civil Action was a book before it was yeah, a movie. Yeah. But some of them were like this, like Double Jeopardy. Like, like they yeah. knew that there was a, a market for these kind of movies. Yeah. I would love to see more original screenplays that looked like this. Like totally a, Like a great you. version of this, but like Yes. I, I, and I don't disagree with you at all. I think the thing for me was I sort of immediately – basically – and we'll get into the plot. Um, right after the murder, I was like, ugh. This is not going to be good because it just it, it it just never it just didn't have any vision behind it. That was sort of my my the most damning thing that can be said about this movie is if you and I'm sure we've had this discussion before, but like a great script maybe doesn't need the greatest director, okay? And mm-hmm. a, and a, and a wobbly script with the best director can be saved, but you can't have subpar on both counts. And it feels to me as though Beresford kind of phoned it in a little bit. There's some nice sequences in it, and we'll talk about those. And I'm not saying that it's completely without merit, but it just feels a little bit like it's fighting with itself. And and I really like Ashley Judd. I think she's – I, I, I do. But I – I don't know if you like her as much as I do, but I, – I don't think I do. Um, I love her. <laughs> I love her, and I love her in this movie. Okay. Well, I do. Well, we can get into that. Okay. But – um, I do think the John Grisham thing is very real. I think that John Grisham was obviously enormous in the 90s. There may be listeners who really don't understand what John Grisham was in the 90s. It's – I mean Kenny and I were texting about this and it feels like there were two authors in the 90s that felt like they could do no wrong and every book they put out was a hit and everything that was adapted from their shit is a hit. John Grisham, Michael Crichton. Those were the two guys. Michael Crichton – 
obviously Jurassic Park, yes. but also movies like Sphere and and created ER based on one of his books by Patience. He his movies had the only kind of thing that got struck strung through his movies were technology. Yes, um, and that it, it wasn't so much science fiction; it was this idea of technology, um, but. Subsequently, the merging of te- of like technology and science. Yeah, yeah. And subsequently, like Michael Crichton's works were really varied. Um, yeah. You know, Grisham's John Grisham's were not, were not. And, yeah. and John Grisham and, and, and the, like they were and they weren't. Like I guess I guess what I'm trying to say is I'm just looking at John Grisham. I can I've read most of his books and I've seen most of those movies. And basically, it went you know in in movie order. I mm-hmm. believe it went. You know, The Firm, The Pelican Brief, The Client, that I think Time to Kill is after that. That's and, crazy. Grisham is one of only three authors in the world to sell two million copies in a first printing. Yeah, I mean, he was a big deal. So, he was huge. So you have those four first movies, and then there were, like, movies that weren't so well-received, like The Rainmaker or Runaway Jury, just things. That was kind of the end of it. But you take those, and then there was The Chamber with the Gene Hackman. Those first four movies. Yeah, Time to Kill the Firm, Pelican Brief, The Client were all massive hits massive massive moments like they were like yeah. harry potter movies and you know yeah. small like a small part like you i got, would even go as far as to say the chamber the rainmaker they still, runaway jury the, up to there they still mattered like they, they still like from a novel by john grisham like yeah. and they got big people attached i mean chamber had gene hackman and rainmaker had damon at height of his powers and you know and coppola well, directing it yeah, i mean that's right so, A Time to Kill comes out in 89. The Firm comes out in 91. Time Pelican to Kill. in 92. Time to Kill didn't come out in 89. Are you talking about the movie or the book? I'm talking about the books. Got Just it. Just Okay. Second. Time to Kill comes out in 89. Not a big hit, by the way. No. Uh, the Firm comes out in 91. Huge. Massive. Cha- like, literally changed the publishing industry. Yeah. Then The Pelican Brief comes out the next year. Mm-hmm. The Client comes out the next year. The Chamber comes out the next year. He's got a new book that comes out every year on the year. Which is insane. These are and these are page turners. They're page turners. Like, they're burning it up. People, I am you can't, twelve years old and yeah. I can read them. My forty something year old parents are loving them. Yeah. Like these yeah. just and and because they're they're about law, kind of, but like they're also mostly about corruption yeah. and you know the the system's all against people. And yeah. you know, Time to Kill is actually kind of an ambitious book and kind of an ambitious movie in its own way too. And it's, it's time the to book kill. he cared most about. In fact, he was very Based very, on his very own precious life. about that yeah. that adaptation. And it's a good movie. It's a very good movie. Um, it's a very good movie. I think that, you know, again, I think Sh- I, Schumacher. I, and I think The Client's a good movie, and I think The Firm is a pretty good movie. So, like. But he, you know, they waited a while. He waited a while on Time to Kill. You know, The Firm was obviously a huge movie. I thought Sidney uh, Pollock did a great job with that. A huge hit, too. Huge hit. Tom Cruise, Gene yeah. Hackman, big movie. Pelican Brief, Julia Roberts, Denzel. Denzel, you know, big. Uh, Alan J. Pakula did that. Yeah. Um, you know, The Client, then you've got Schumacher doing The Client in 93. Uh, I, yeah, mean, I mean, I mean, Susan Sarandon was nominated for Best Actress for that movie. Which like is crazy. These movies were, were huge, new, huge, huge, huge. And I think I think Holly Hunter was nominated for The Firm. Like these movies, she was. These movies weren't just Samuel popcorn. The piano. Yeah. Like people were just in. Like like critics rented these movies. Yeah. So 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 the bar was high for this the kind of movie. High. I agree. And they don't they don't do it anymore. And maybe it's because there isn't a John Grisham out there right now. You know what I mean? Maybe it's because we haven't found that author that sort of can. And and this is the thing. Gillian yeah, Flynn, but. She's not writing books as quickly. If now, she did, though, yeah, she, she could. She sure. could go straight. But from she like, doesn't. Yeah. You know, she, but I mean, the thing is, Crichton and Grisham were banging these out really quickly. That's the thing. Yeah, they had a new book, new book, new book, and and 
that's just that's just not what it is anymore. Um, so this Cri- movie Crichton, feels a little bit that way. Just real quick, Crichton's a little different because then they went to his back catalog too. Yes, like, yeah, they, some of these were old. I mean, he he wrote Westworld, yeah. you know, in the seventies. He did. He directed Westworld too. That's true. <laughs> what an interesting career. Yeah. He died so young. It's a shame. Um, but you sort of know what I'm saying. Like it's this is kind of a B movie version of a Hitchcock movie. Like it's got a little yeah. bit of Hitchcock in it, um, which again is why like. De Palma would have killed this movie. Like, if De Palma had directed this film, you know, we're talking, it's 70% better than it is. What's your favorite De Palma movie? My favorite De Palma movie? Yeah. Because he's not my favorite director. I, I mean, it's it's either The Untouchables or Carlito's Way. Yeah, it's in The Untouchables for me. Is the, like the one that I hold I, in I mean, heart. and listen, he's hit or miss. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, when, he, when he hits, he's great. Um, and also, like, did you ever see Femme Fatale? Femme Fatale is such a funny movie because um, I have seen it. And I love it. It also got like Fs yeah, too. Right. Yeah. But like that's sort of what I mean. Like this movie in his hands would have been the fully fleshed out, violent, sexy, over the top, rated R most likely. And it would have been just like – it would have been just cooler. This movie's not cool. Would it have done as well in the box office? Probably not. But whatever. Whatever. Uh, so – I think we can all – I think you and I oh, – we all – I think we can agree. All two of us. All of us can agree all that the movie has a very fugitive vibe to it as well. It does. Um, not just with the top-billed guy. Not just with the top-billed guy. Uh, and I kind of wish they embraced that more because there's a part of me where it's like it gets there eventually. But it takes a while to get to that place and it and it burns through story like crazy. <laughs> like – it's an hour and 45 minutes and it's just like bang, 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 bang. Like, and so much so that I get the impression that like Libby and especially Ashley Judd, who I said I quite like as an actress but in this specific role, feels like she takes everything in stride in a way that you're just like, could you please for a second just acknowledge how insane the situation that you're in is? Like she's arrested and she's like – not in front of my kid. Like she's it it's I don't know. Crazy. You're I think you're blinded by my love by for your Ashley love for Ashley Judd. No, I just I think that I, 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 look, it's not that I really want to be in the position of just like defending this movie. I acknowledge this is a bad movie capital B A D. That being said, um <laughs> <laughs> Ashley Judd <coughs> Ashley Judd is so perfect for this role because she's able to pull off elegance and toughness that not sure. every not, I agree with that and also kind of a grit like like a grittiness like a blue collar gritty grittiness I agree with but that. also like dollar up and she doesn't look like you know the the bumpkin at the ball I agree with like, that she's so. I'm not saying she's badly cast in this. No, movie. but but that's but but that to me that's how that that character would react, right? It's interesting. Yeah. Like I think and and like there is this idea of like, you know, she's married to one of the richest guys in town in a very nice town. Like yeah. that is how you would arrest that person. You know, you'd arrest them with with di- let them keep their dignity to some extent. I think that just the the slightest amount of backstory and shading would have done a ton in this movie. If I if to your point, if Ashley Judd had and again I apologize for whatever, but like she comes from the wrong side of the tracks and she's, you know what I mean? And and she married up and all these sort of things. It would go a long way towards understanding why this quote unquote town turned against her or why she, and there's just none of that. So 
I don't think the town turned against her. I, think I mean, that, it would, it would explain a, a lot in terms of like her arrest at the yeah, very least. I, I, do, I, I think that's the only way that I think that's the only way the story works is if like the town never really bought it, you know. But I didn't get that impression either. It's, I did. It, okay. I, it's just she's she's arrested. She's booked. She's she is all of it happens unbelievably quickly with very little evidence. There's a there's a murder weapon, quote unquote. She's like, got a knife. Fine. But they never find a body. They've got a recording. Uh, I mean, no one would be convicted for this under these circumstances. She's the only person on the boat. The Coast Guard found her. This is a weak case, Kenny. This is not an airtight case that makes me go like, throw away the key. It's enough okay. to get me where it's enough. All right. It's a hard thing to sell. Like, look, you get down in the nuts and bolts. Like, th- okay. this movie is, like, as I said, like, it's monumentally fucked up. Like, yes. like, like, like it's, it's fucked from the start, right? Sure. The premise is really stupid. It's like, it, it's either really stupid or really hackneyed, right? It's just like it's either like they're going to go full throttle with this double jeopardy that's based on ridiculousness yeah. or they're going to go full throttle with the story that's essentially a watered-down version of The Fugitive. Right. Um, right, right. So it's fucked, right? It's screwed either way. I agree. I, 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 I get that like – so so I get that. But they're trying to like build it up as much as they can. They're trying to make it as fun and as exciting as, as they can. Sure. I don't know. I just like I, – I, I, did, I did. I came to it in, for, I came to it from a different place than you did because I just like look at it I'm like – Okay, I can see how this would lead to that. I could see how bloody woman on the boat with a guy missing with the knife in her hand with the coast right. guard finding her. Like they, I feel like they they showed their work. I think that, I, and and I totally hear where you're coming from. I think that you came into it first of all from a different headspace, but yeah. I would also say too that you you bought some of the things right. And I didn't, and then I got past a threshold, and then I started looking back on the things that I didn't buy, and I'm like, well, but this, it, it's just it's. It's tough with a movie like this because there's a part of me that feels like once you once it loses you, if it loses you for that matter, it's hard to get you back. It's impossible. When did it lose you? When she went to jail. <laughs> like I, I think I think around that point I found myself just the movie strained credibility at that point. Did you get mad? I didn't get mad. Uh, I, I think that the, the it's, I think it was in jail is when it lost me. Uh, and, and you mean the nicest jail in the world? The nicest jail in the world with the nicest inmates with the with the the, the most helpful inmates. Just lovely women. Just lovely Making women. Making cake for her son. Just being birthday. like this is yeah, it's crazy. So that was sort of and and then and then it does a time jump for six years. Yes, okay? it does. And. In, in you, during which she basically, I think she spends the entire time just working running. out, working I out guess. in all weather because, like, uh, like this movie, it's I, <laughs> because Rama Mafia, who you've seen in other oh movies, God. and Nip Tuck, and Nip Tuck, yeah, she's what the nurse or the in Nip Tuck, she might and have she, been in the practice too. I feel like maybe am I making she, that? She's up? always kind of playing like this, like blue collar lawyer type, yeah. right? Like she's like always. I, I bet she was in Boston legal too. Like she's yeah, always yeah. playing like yeah. this, like this smart, this street yeah. smart blue collar lawyer, right? Mm-hmm. She's like, and she's she is that in yeah, this yeah. movie, except yeah. a couple years later after she killed her husband and went to jail. But she's a formerly a lawyer, and she's in jail with with Ashley Judd, and she tells Ash, Ashley Judd, you know. If he's really alive, because Ashley Judd finds out in jail yeah. that her husband's alive. The way she finds out is 
Let's go through the plot a little bit. Basically, yeah. Ashley Judd is Sorry. a rich socialite-ish person living in in Washington State, one of those fancy people islands off the coast. Yes. Um, she's married to Bruce Greenwood. It seems to be a good marriage. She has a best friend played by Annabeth Gish. Um, and she has a son, three-year-old son, I think, maybe older, maybe five, somewhere around that, that age range. Uh, he buys her or gets her a night on a boat. I can't remember if he bought her the boat. Or they rented the they boat. They rented the boat. I knew he didn't buy her the boat. He rents her the boat, and they're just going to go have a romantic night on the boat. So they go on this boat on the Pacific Ocean or the Puget Sound, God knows, and they have sex. And they do. You see we everything. See well, not everything. You see what you need to see. And um, they – You see what you need to see. You see what you got to see what he needed to see. That's, I didn't say that. You did. <laughs> Um, <laughs> my hands are still clean on this podcast. <laughs> and, um, then she wakes up the next day. She does. Next. Oh, actually well, the middle that, of the night, night. that night covered in blood, covered in blood. There's blood on the walls and there's, um, blood, it's the worst blood framing the of a crime. Fruit. It's so ridiculous. There's blood on some fruit and there's a knife with some blood on it. And she goes out looking for her husband, mm-hmm. Nick, and she can't find him. And the Coast Guard pulls up right at that moment. We learn later, like he had a Mayday call and, and he's like, I've been stabbed. Weirdly, he doesn't say I've been stabbed by my wife, which is like what you should do if you're being framed. My wife stabbed me. And that wouldn't have lost the movie anything. Like it's exactly what they should have said because then you have something close to incontrovertible evidence. But she said – he said I'm framed – you know, I was was framed by my wife. I was stabbed by my wife. His explanation for this, by the way, is weak sauce. It's actually sad. And then, um, and then pretty quickly, like we don't need to get too much into it because pretty quickly, like she's in jail. Like we do go through like the core stuff, yeah. And, yeah. But she's in jail, and she's in jail. For, she's in jail for, for six years. Uh, you would never know it. I think there's she's nothing in, that's changed she, about her in, in six years. She's in prison. Jail is different. Yeah, as she, she will later point later. out. She's in prison. She's in prison. Yes. Yeah, uh, she's hard time. You would never know it. Nothing has changed about her appearance or performance. Or character, but a, lot, she, a little bit, a little bit. Definitely her appearance. I mean, she's not. She, well, she's not fancy Ashley anymore. She's hair pulled back, Ashley, and she's a little tougher. She. It happens. I'm just enjoying it. Happens. Defensive Ashley it happens show. in jail, right? Fancy Ashley. That's the first Ashley. Yeah, fancy at Ashley. the fancy fancy party. Yeah. So it happens in jail. She does get fancy later. Though. Where well, she has to. Then she's playing. She's forced she's to be playing fancy. a character. She, in order to gain entry to where she needs to get to to kill her husband if she feels like killing him because she could totally God. do that if she feels like God. killing him. Um, so this fucking movie. It's not a fucking movie. So it's a fucked movie. That's very different. So right. he, here's what happens in jail. This is the big, big, big yeah, yeah. moment. Yeah. She basically her, – her, her son has been left to Annabeth Gish, her best friend. She leaves him to her. That's right. Like there's a That's scene the only she's person like, you that, take, you know, take care of my son. Nick is dead. Yeah. I'm going to jail. You're the only person that I like and that I trust. You can please take care of my yeah. son. Of course I'll do it. Or really it's like, I can't, I can't. You must, you must. I will, I will. So in after a while, like they stop visiting. Yes. And Ashley Judd's lost track of her. And she somehow managed to track her down. Yep. And calls the number. And Annabeth, Annabeth Gish picks it up. Now, this is like a, a 99 thing. This that is... wouldn't happen today because you know who's calling you today. Well, sure. But pre-call RD, you got to pick up the phone. Right. So she picks up the phone and right. she's on the phone. And Annabeth Gish is just like, I'm sorry. We were going to visit next week. Like, it's been busy and this and that. And at that moment, who walks into, precise their, moment. into their apartment in San Francisco? An alive Nick. That bastard. The bastard. 
the bastard's alive. Now, we knew this would happen because the movie's called Double Jeopardy in order to kill him again. <laughs> but, but it's also it, – it's just like the coincidence of him just happening to walk into the room at that moment. And the son says, Daddy. Daddy. Yeah. And Anthony gets just like, it's her. And then Ashley Judd has a moment. And weirdly, Ashley Judd like doesn't immediately call her lawyer and is like – immediately yeah. like why don't you go to san francisco because this guy is alive yeah. and, and like you I record didn't... these phone conversations don't you they do they record personal conversations a lot of eyes here a lot of eyes here a lot of eyes a lot of eyes um <laughs> so so basically uh at this point she's like fuck i gotta get out yeah i gotta solve this but what am i gonna do i gotta sit here for six years there's really nothing i can do so she just kind of hunkers down and and weightlifts for six years. Um, That's right. Roma Moff Roma Mafia. Roma Mafia. She trains her how to get parole or how to get out. Yeah, basically. she basically gives her a script, which she does, and she gets out. And she moves into a halfway house, I guess. Right, something to that effect. That That's what it is. It's yeah. a halfway house. Uh, the a Tommy ladies Lee Jones, halfway house. A ladies halfway house. that Tommy Lee Jones is running, and I mean. This, I mean, here's the thing. This might have actually been when the movie lost me because no one talks like the people talk in this movie and, and the directions is very stilted. So, you know, all those conversations she has with either her inmates or the women that she's at this uh, this uh, halfway house with, they all just, they just, they land with a thud. I don't know if you agree, but. They do. Yeah, it's, that's, it's, it's not it's not the best. So what you're really left with is holding on to Ashley Judd and Tommy Lee Jones. And Ashley Judd, as much as I like her, I don't think you can hang a whole movie on her, at least at this stage in her career. It, it's just there's a lot. And she's carrying you through this movie. And I'm just not sure that at this point she had the range to be able to do it. Now, listen, $177 million worldwide proves me wrong because people went to see this multiple times. So what the fuck do I know? I think Ashley Judd really – By the way, who then did a string of movies that all felt very similar to this Yeah, movie. like this. Yeah, that's true. Kiss the Girls, Twisted, High Crimes. So she did Kiss the Girls before this. And that's kind of what I was going to say. Really? Yeah. And she – so – That's interesting. I didn't know that. So Ashley Judd's career for a while was – Second or third female actor in a movie, right? Yeah. She did Heat. She did Smoke. She's great in Heat. She did A Time to Kill. Then she did Kiss the Girls. It got bumped up a little. Now, Ashley Judd's a different kind of actor to begin with because Ashley Judd is um, – Kiss Naomi... the Girls was a big hit too. Yeah, it was. And much like this. Very similar. By the way, the other guy is James, James Patterson, Patterson, which we didn't mention. Huge but guy in that. This is the yeah. beginning of James Patterson. Yeah. Kiss the Girls I agree was. With that. So, 100%. Um, Ashley Judd's different than a lot of actresses because Ashley Judd's the daughter of Naomi Judd and the sister of Winona Judd. So a lot of people knew Ashley Judd before this, right? So when Ashley Judd is in a small role, it's like Kate Hudson in 200 Cigarettes where you're right. like, oh, that's Goldie Hawn's daughter. Right, let's right, root right, for right, her right. or at least let's pay attention to her. I get that. So Ashley Judd makes this big leap from Matthew McConaughey's wife in A Time to Kill. I think that was like literally everyone in the world was in that movie. Sure. So like she's like 10th build in that. Yeah. To second build next to Morgan Freeman in Kiss the Girls. That's a big hit. She does a good job. I never saw Simon Birch. I assume she played his mom, and I assume that was a good job. Um, Ashley Judd's agent is loving you right now. 
She still works. She was in Twin Peaks. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's not like she's a gun. And she was great in Twin Peaks. Uh, I, I don't dislike Ashley Judd. Just let me be very clear. I think she's. I think she can be great. I think that she is not serviced by a great script here. It's, no. That's, that's more of my No, mind. she's not. But I think, like, she does really well with this trash. Let's keep going. Uh, so she gets out. Moves into this halfway house. Tommy Lee Jones is kind of a hard ass at this halfway house, but like not really. Like I didn't think that anything he said was completely unwarranted. I don't know how you felt about him in this. No, I thought he was fine. I thought that's exactly what he should say to a couple of prisoners. Yeah. Anyway, so um, she gets into the halfway house. Is that when she goes to the library? It could be. We can say it She is. goes to the library. Yeah. <laughs> and she, uh, meets, she meets 1999 she, personified. Oh, my God, that guy. A walking 1999 human. I mean, probably what? Seven, eight years younger than her? Yeah, but like, again, kinda, she's kind of douchey. She's 100. She's like literally 100 out of 10. Like, I mean, it's just. I don't, I don't so, want I don't want to make too big of a deal of it, but like, she's 100 in this movie. So he comes up to her and he's like, hey, can I help you? She's like, yeah. So a friend of mine. It's probably my favorite line in the movie. I need to find a friend of mine who I haven't seen in years. A friend, someone told me I should look on the internet, like the inner uh, the internet. Yeah, it's on the web. On the web. I think she may have even said like the web. Um, and he's like, "Oh, sure, I can help you." And then he starts hitting on her, and then she realizes he's hitting on her, and then she basically says, "Well, like, I went to jail. I just came out of jail, and I killed my husband." And he's like, "Whoa, whoa gotta go. Um, <laughs> and it's basically the gist of the scene. Yeah. Um, but at least she's able to. Was she looking herself up? She no. She was trying to look up Annabeth Gish. She, she knew Annabeth. Oh right. Gish, what happens name. with Annabelle Gish? Do we ever see her? Annabeth, right? Annabeth Gish. Yeah. She's killed. She died. Well, well, we learn that eventually. See, I don't remember that. We learn eventually. So basically, like this I was is all plot, only a of plot mechanics story. at this point. Basically, she like. Finds out where Annabeth Gish lives. She lives in yeah. Utah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, she yeah. goes to Utah. She, yes, okay. And we're, I'm, miss, I'm, I'm glossing over yes. the best scene of the movie, but she... Oh, you're talking about the, 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 the car, car boat thing? That's yeah, great. So she... And I will get back to it. Yeah. But she goes to Utah. Yes. And um, she goes to the house that she believes belongs to this person. I can't remember what her name was. Not really important. She found her. And she and and the door is opened by like an eight year old kid, and you think right. that's her kid for a minute, but it's not. It's some other eight year old kid. Oh right, right, I remember this. And the next door neighbor's like, "It's a shame. What happened? Well, what happened? Like she she died in um. It was a, was it a fire or was it smoke inhalation? It was like there was, a, there was a gas leak. Right, right, right. There was a gas leak. Right, there was a gas leak, and 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 that gish died, and we oh we let we're led to believe that yeah. that Nick killed her well that that's the only logical explanation well maybe it was just you know your everyday gas leak that happens all the time <laughs> and who knows yeah, but, anything's possible so nick so so that's what we learned but glossing over the best part of the movie how ashley judd actually gets away so basically ashley judd's running this whole movie but tommy lee like catches her tommy that's lee, what tommy lee does he catches you catches her first bill tommy lee catches her over every scene in the movie ashley judd um <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thirty he doesn't show up on screen until thirty-three minutes. Tommy Lee catches Ashley Judd. Fifteen million for an hour of screen time. Oh my god! You think it's even an hour? So he he uh, he cuffs her, mm-hmm. cuffs her to the car, the car, uh-huh. and like to the they're uh, on a ferry. They're on a ferry, and he sticks her in the car where all the cars are on the ferry, and he cuffs her. Oh, that's because he's bringing her back from the island where she breaks into her. Kids preschool. It's amazing. 
to steal some records to find out what Annabeth, where Annabeth Gitch lives. She's caught by the same cops who arrested her before. She does all her own stunts on the way. Okay. She does all her own stunts as she's running over these sand dunes. Um, and okay. they're they're in some kind of all-terrain vehicle. They eventually catch her, but she doesn't. She she really leads them on quite a car chase. You should see Phil like he's never seen. He's never seen. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm glowing talking about Ashley. Oh my god. Um, Can we? T- Here's what I will say. That scene where she breaks into the preschool or whatever was the first scene in the movie that actually had uh, some energy and style. It hooked you a little bit. Forty-four minutes into the movie. <laughs> I was like, oh, look, somebody decided to actually, you know, I don't know, kick this movie in the ass a little bit. But um... planning for your next trip, elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Anyway. So he's but, got her on the boat on the yeah. ferry in the car. He's got her he's got her handcuffed to it. Um she decides that she's gonna try to basically drive one of the cars out well she's got to get out of that car that she's in yeah but she's it's it what happens is obviously what happens which is that the car then careens off of the boat she's handcuffed to the fucking thing yeah but not not because like she like she's she's trying to ram the she's trying to ram the handle into like the side of the boat and she could do that because the cars the keys are left in the car which may may be a thing on a boat maybe sure um, you know, like valet parking. Yeah, God yeah. knows. So the keys are left in the car. She's trying to ram ram the thing off her, her off her wrist, the handcuff. Yep. Like eventually, Tommy Lee Jones figures is that figures that out. They have like a struggle in the car, and they wind up going off the side in this car. And now she's handcuffed as they're going down in the water, and uh, he saves her. It's a great sequence. Or maybe well, yeah, there, no, there, he saves her. There's a gun involved too. He saves her, and yeah. she gets his gun. Yeah. And she also like she cold cocks him. She like she <laughs> I, like I think this is a cool character move. Like obviously anyone would do it, but like I yeah. think it's a cool character move that like when he saves her, yeah. she doesn't. She's not like thank you or I love you yeah. or or she's yeah. like go fuck yourself. Yeah. She yeah. knocks him out and she runs away with his gun. Yeah. And she runs. She's going. This is so next. And then she goes to Utah. And after Utah, she's on her way to New, New Orleans, Orleans, where the movie really takes flight. <laughs> I mean, the truth is that I don't – when you say it like that, there's a part of me that feels like I wish that she kind of escaped faster. But I also understand from a plotting perspective why they made the choices that they made. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I get it. Uh, well, she did kind of escape faster. You know what I mean? She did uh, She did get away 
when she could get away, right? So right, yes, she, yes, yes, she's yes. right off the she's basically That's near true. her old home. That's totally true. And near the old island. So she does like uh, she immediately is like I'm getting into this. I'm me- like she she yeah. doesn't she doesn't hammer hard or get a job or whatever. She doesn't no, go like, you know, act like Brooks and get a job at the grocery store. She like she she she's figuring this crime out. I agree with that. And then she's a fugitive, like a straight up fugitive. Straight up fugitive. She goes to New Orleans. Um I I mean, I, I'm trying to remember like where where sort of it goes from there. Uh, the, oh, this is what I want to say. The, the underwater sequence looks fucking great. When that boat goes mm-hmm. over and there's a really great shot of them from above as they're swimming out and the boat uh, – the car is sinking below them. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Uh, the, the, the underwater Yeah, the underwater great. It looks fantastic. Um, I think the thing that, that really hit me as I was watching is how few obstacles there really are for, for Libby. Like she kind of – navigates this minefield relatively successfully. Um, it's a pretty straight line, I guess, is what I'm getting at. Well, like, there's a couple kinks in the road, but not much. Well, all right. So, the, so like, the next beat in this movie kind of speaks to that because she goes and visits someone. I think it's her mom. I can't I really know. tell. Just gives her a wad of cash. Uh, and just gives her a wad of cash. Yeah, that's so what now, I'm saying. So now she's got money. Right, he like the, like there was money buried in the tomato farm. She goes, there was, I always said I there was good money, money in tomatoes. tomatoes. Well, yeah, well, you know, I love to, I, I love tomatoes. Do you, how do you feel about tomatoes? I like tomatoes. You know those people that hate tomatoes? Yeah, Melissa, my roommate. Hates oh, yeah. Ernie, tomatoes. how do you feel about tomatoes? Oh, Ernie's fifty fifty. I mean, I, who doesn't love a good heirloom tomato with some burrata cheese? So like a like a good tomato, tomato snobs. Well, like you Ernie. don't like cheese, so no, I, I don't like cheese. It's true. So you, you, a caprese so, salad would just not fly with you. Uh, well, you know, I I, I eat the cheese. What? I'm sorry, sorry. I eat the tomatoes. Okay, it's it's actually humiliating. My my cheese distaste. It is. I'm sitting. I'm, I'm starting, embarrassed for you. I was just about to like, just about to like shit on all the people who hate tomatoes, and you called me out for cheese. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> this is a true fact about Kenny Nybart, Everybody, Kenny Nybart hates cheese. I all right. So hates look, cheese. look, look. I've never lost a friend because of this. But I'm very worried I'm going to lose some listeners. So. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Um, but people people are like furious with me when they hear this. Yeah, it's insane because cheese is fucking great. Cheese is fucking mold. But <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, okay. Um, so here's a question for you, Kenny. Cheese related? No, no. Tomatoes. Back to double jeopardy. Right, 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 right. Nick's murder is covered in the press. He has no problem just moving to New Orleans and changing his name like it's no big deal. And not even like changing his face. Not even a th- – he has a barely an accent, which is not great. Uh, it's not bad. Not necessary. It's not bad though. It's ridiculous. It's a bad movie. Like there's a lot of bad stuff. So Nick's explanation to Libby. Can you please walk us through that explanation? I believe his explanation is like uh, I was like hard up for cash um, and – uh, like a good insurance policy, yeah. and you were going to get the insurance money, yeah. and that's how you're going to take care of the kids. And I just had no idea that you were going to go down for this, and I had no idea you were going to go down for this, which is weird because, like, that actually like weirdly tracks because I mean, I guess. no, it, it's a terrible explanation, but it weirdly tracks with him not calling her out on the nine one one tape that we said earlier. But it doesn't track with him stooping her best friend. You should have just called her out on the nine one one tape. Like I still don't, I, I still can't understand that. Like <laughs> I mean, yeah, 
I don't understand a lot of things about this movie. I don't understand Annabeth Gish. I don't understand why no, she's with him. Me neither. He's not like he's. It's just the whole thing is really so. Anyway, uh, here's what I, I I did write this down. I was like, I actually really like the New Orleans stuff because I I do think this movie does a good job, as I mentioned earlier, on the location work. There's a great settings that you really have a, a feeling of place, which I think they do a really good job at. Um, I thought the umbrella chase was really nicely done. Yeah. It was very fugitive. Uh, you know, there's 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 there is good stuff here. I think um I just, you know, whatever. I think New Orleans is um is 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 a city that is on camera yeah. just enough. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. Like, like people use it because it's a very cinematic city, but it's not overused like a lot of places. I totally agree. You know, and every time I see New Orleans on film, like it always looks great. I'm happy to be there. I agree. You, you see Girls Trip? I did. Happy to be there. Happy to be there. Great. Yeah. No, I think I think that again, it's a testament to the movie a little bit that the cities they pick, the places they pick, each pop in their own way. Sure. So you do sort of get a travel loggy kind of quality to it in terms of her. Uh, more so, I would even say than the fugitive. Um, yeah, you know, what I mean, the fugitive. Well, and that that's different kind of movie. Different kind of movie. And the also, fugitive knew the fugitive knew it was working with gold, <laughs> so like it, it yes. didn't have to. It didn't have to put it in like you know. And it's some also of the most it's beautiful a city cinematic city. Like it's a, a movie. It's like it's a Chicago movie. Yeah, so it's yeah. like you spend all your time in Chicago. But anyway, um, I do love that there's a moment when Tommy Lee Jones is yelled at for making long distance calls at the police station, <laughs> which is just such a like. When was the last time long distance was even a thing? That you had to worry about. Oh, it's been a while. 1999, um, probably. I think the movie's tightly made. I don't think there's much fat on it. You know what I mean? It's got a running time of eighty so, something minutes. Is it? No, it's ninety. I guess it's, it's an hour forty five. So it's hundred. Whatever. Minutes. But uh, and I think that actually helps your box office as well. This is the type of movie that like you put this movie up in a theater and it can run. It can do six showings of five showings a day or something mm-hmm. like that. So that helps you too. Um, I thought that the whole the whole thing in the mausoleum was insane. It was fucking crazy. <laughs> like, I mean, Quentin, just kill Quentin her. stole that. So, just kill her. Why are you knocking her out and putting her in a fucking coffin? And so, like, just kill her at this point. Uh, it's it's the dumbest fucking thing that maybe I've ever seen in a movie. Like what? <sighs> like at least in Kill Bill. Like there was a reason. So he let's did explain it. what happened, basically. Well, have you seen Kill Bill? Then, you... <laughs> no. I mean, so she goes to the to the cemetery because, well, because he tells he... her to meet her there, right? I think she tells him to meet her there. Doesn't matter. Well, they're they're going to they're going to meet up at the. It at only the... does because it's more ridiculous if she picked sure. the location. But sure. I still was like, she wanted to meet him at a cemetery. Subtlety. Yeah. I don't know. So that she meets him there because she's going to get the kid. He's gonna right, but the kid is like bait in a weird way. He like lures her through the tombstones so that Nick can knock her unconscious. So there's a kid there, but it's not her kid. He's paid some kid to basically like, yeah, like run away from her. She follows him, Um, and yeah, he knocks her. He he knocks her out and sticks her in a mausoleum in a coffin in a mausoleum and locks it. And like, we already know he's a murderer. He's killed fucking Annabeth Gish. Just, Just kill her. Just kill her. So he doesn't, though. Instead, he puts her in a coffin with the fakest-looking mummy, decomposing no, person ever. Mummy. I <laughs> wish it was a mummy. Egyptian coffin. That would have been fucking great. Uh, so I don't really know why he does that, but he does. And then, of course, you know, Tommy Lee Jones 
confronts him about all the shit that's going on and says, you know, I know what you're up to. Um, and wait, from a chronological perspective, there's a moment when, yes, okay, it's after this. She escapes. First of all, they made a whole big thing out of her escaping from the from the oh, you know coffin. What? Sorry? We missed the auction. All right. I thought we were. I thought the auction Sorry. came later. Yeah, you explain the auction. The way my apologies to all of our listeners. The way that she even can connect with Nick mm-hmm. to tell him to meet me at the cemetery, right? Is because he is he owns a hotel, like a boutique hotel. <laughs> yeah. Where did he get the money? I have I no idea. Because God knows he had no ass. I, it's so stupid. So he he has a, he has a hotel, a small boutique hotel. He's also like Mister Society. New yeah, now he's like hoity-toity, and all the yes. women want to fuck him. So much so yeah. that they hold an auction. For him. A, a night with Nick. Another thing that has happened way more in movies than in real life, a date auction. <laughs> yes. So, Have you ever been to one? Have you ever heard of one happening in real life? Um, A date auction? No, I've never heard of one happening in real life. Ernie, you ever been to one? It no. seems like something that may have that it seems like a, like like a high school fundraiser type yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not as crazy as um, yes. some other things that happen in movies that we'll get to in future episodes, like Ooh. brides running away. That sounds but, crazy. Um, yeah. <laughs> but just When's like, that gonna happen? Uh, two uh, two weeks from now. Um, Next week. No, brides run away oh, in yes. two weeks. Sorry, but uh, right. Well, we talk a little well, bit we about, talk about, about it. Week. Yes, uh, <laughs> we're gonna we're we're gonna tell you all about our all about it. Uh, it's but it's all right. Coming. So there's a date auction and. Ashley Judd, There's a date auction. Who has all this money, wins him at auction. She spends the whole time bidding behind someone's face. You can't see her face until the end. He's like, oh, my God. She gets on stage. He, like, tries to kiss her to save face. And she pulls away. Um, so Then he's like, you can't talk to me here. And she's like, meet me at the cemetery. I don't even know. Like, whatever. He meets her at the cemetery. They don't even, here's the other thing, too. So when she's auctioning, when she's bidding on him. It's she's like obscured herself behind people so she, so he can't see her. Yeah, and then they don't even make like a meal out of the reveal. Like here's the other thing that I noticed about this movie too is that the score was really weirdly used. Like this is a movie that truthfully should be just wall to wall score. You know what I mean? Tell me how I'm supposed to feel. Yeah. Tell me what I'm supposed. And there's very little of that in this movie. And and because of that, it feels quite limp. Like it doesn't feel like it doesn't have pacing. It doesn't have energy to it. It's not as it's not as exciting and. So. As upbeat as it should have been. Anyway. At this point, when she's at this date auction, and yeah. she wins him, and she's face-to-face with him in front yeah. of these witnesses. Broad I, daylight. Well, it's, it's night, but there's but light. You know, but, you know, I would have hit him in the face. <laughs> and then let the police sort out why I hit him in the face. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, it just yeah. seems so clear. Like, like, yeah. like, like, Or, I don't know, call the police before the, you go to the auction. So I'm saying, get this guy in front of the cops. Then yeah. you win. It's like, they'll look, be like, it's my fucking dead husband. Yeah, they'll like, be like, oh, look, she's a criminal worker. What she did, she killed her husband. That's so weird. She'll be like, by the way, it's that fucking guy. <laughs> so, that guy. That guy. It's that stage. fucking guy. And then, then, that's it. End Game of the movie. over. And I get, and like, and, and, and then they're, I'm trying to think, like, why did they do it? Well, she wants her son. She's going to get her son back. then. <laughs> There's no way around that one. It's because they he didn't wanted, kill the she son. wanted to kill This is the other thing that drives me crazy, too. By the way, they, she could have killed him in broad daylight, according to Roma Mafia. Just kill him. Well, this is the other thing, which is... I know. They they want... We'll get to they, the ending, but they want their cake to eat it, too. Well, they and want it, and us it to believe that she's going to kill him. But they also don't want us to be like, she's a murderer. So it's like... 
It's no, this weird They thing. don't. It's so, funny. Anyway. Like, if this movie was made today and if there was a way for this premise to actually work that wasn't stupid, like, <laughs> like they would they would kill him today. Oh, yeah. Like, a and director she... who made this movie would kill him and it would be a female empowerment moment. Absolutely. He'd be like, fuck, and it'd yes. Be, I think the last – and I don't know this movie well enough, so I should, probably shouldn't be bringing it up. But Enough – Remember the J-Lo movie? It's an extremely similar movie. Right? This. Yes, it is. And like, but she's such a badass in that movie. You think that's a good movie? I don't think it's a good movie. I think she's, I, I think that J-Lo kicks ass in that movie. Well, that. As, and literally and figuratively. That like, movie has a weird kind of, I actually like, that's a, that's a pretty easy watch. Like that's a pretty easy TNT watch type movie. Right. I've seen it a bunch of times. Um, and J-Lo like, does the Ashley Judd thing. Like, she basically yeah. gets beaten. Yeah. She gets in shape. Yeah. She learns like, how to fight. I'm going to kick she, your ass. She lures him in and yeah. kicks his ass. Yeah. And, like, she had. That's like, the movie. They do the 90s thing or yeah. early 2000s things where, where, like, she has no choice but to kill him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which they do in this movie. Which is what they do, too. It's uh, If yeah. it was done today, I feel like, to your point, there'd be more of a gleeful sort of. I don't want to say bloodlust, but like she would get her revenge on this guy in a way that felt satisfying. Whereas this feels studio notey kind yeah. of, I don't know. You know what movie did that? Mm. Um, Death Proof. Another Quentin movie. Sure. At the yeah, end, well, they, yeah, that's just, at the end of Death Proof, yeah, no, they it's... took pride yeah, in, yeah, they loved in it. beating the shit yeah, out of yeah. Kurt Russell yeah. because this guy is a murderer yeah. and they earned it. Yeah. Like, and that was, you know, probably four or five years, six. No, it was probably eight years after this movie. Yeah. But, like, whatever. That's a cooler movie than this. So we get to our final, basically our final scene, our penultimate scene, if you will, whatever. They, they, Tommy Lee Jones came from, oh, sorry. There was something else I wanted to mention. After she escapes from the mausoleum, she's running down the street. Tommy Lee Jones grabs her. Now, at this point, Tommy Lee Jones has already pieced together everything. He mm-hmm. knows what really went down. But when he grabs her, I'm assuming we're led to believe that he throws her back in jail because Tommy Lee Jones shows up by himself yeah. to confront Bruce Greenwood and says, like, I know what you've been up to, blah, 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 so that there's a, like, dun-dun-dun reveal it, where she walks into the into the office. It's actually a great moment, though. Um, okay. it's, no, it is. It's actually a great moment. It's, it's probably my favorite moment of the whole movie. When Tommy Lee Jones catches her. Yes. He hugs her. I know it's and, yeah. And she breaks down in yeah. his arms. And he says it's all over or it's, something like that. It's fucking It's a great it's, it's gorgeous. Great, I, it's, I don't know how I, to like like I agree with I, like, you. Like that's actually why I think this is like ultimately a like a somewhat successful movie. Because of their relationship. Because of that moment I agree with and that. then the moment at the end. Like the the things that matter in this movie, the relationships, actually work. It's all the other shit that's a mess. Here's the thing. I agree with you to an extent. I look at the relationship that, for instance, Richard Kimball has with uh, with Tommy Lee Jones mm-hmm. in The Fugitive, right? And th- it's a cat and mouse situation. And I know that this is slightly different. But I wish that I felt sort of a little bit more of that kind of bantery kind of – they just didn't have that rapport, which would have gone a long way. Because I didn't feel a lot of chemistry between the two of them. Obviously, I don't mean that romantically. I just didn't oh. mean. I just th- there should have been. If there was more crackle between them, this movie is already like fifty percent better. Something to be said though about like a movie where the two leads don't get together, right? Well, uh, thank you. I'm well, glad. it's not, it's not crazy though, right? It's not crazy. Like though, that's an age range that that easily it could have happened, right? And it would have happened if he was ten years younger. Absolutely. So, if it was Richard Gere. If it was Richard Gere, another 
little little, little preview of what we're getting preview. Into. But it's not much different than than a than a Richard Gere, Julie Roberts situation in terms of the age, and and that that's where a lot yes. of these, but but that's not the relationship they had. Like he was looking I for agree. a daughter, and she and she wasn't I really looking for a dad, but she need that's the, that's what I she understand. needed out that. of him, and that's what she got. Uh, when I when I texted you, I, th- I think this movie is kind of good. It's be- it's actually because of the last like it's from this moment until uh-huh. the end yeah. that I think actually works. But, yeah, I agree with that. You know, but- she shows up. Tommy Lee George has confronted Nick. She shows up and she's like, "I can kill you right here." And he's like, "Yep, I'm a law professor. You yeah. can totally do it." And Nick's like, "That that doesn't seem right. I don't. <laughs> it doesn't matter." Yeah. Um and. Uh, so, Tommy Lee Jones says, um, "I'm calling the police." Is basically what he says. He said, "No." He says, "He says, look, I'll pay. I'll let you kill her. Or you just have to pay me." Right. Mil- it was a million dollars. Pay me a right. million dollars, right. and I'll go away. Yeah. And he's like, before Rachel Joe shows up, he's like, "Don't worry, I already took care of her. Like, yeah. I have problems buried or something." Like after it already seemed like Tommy Jones was a skeeve. Mm-hmm. He's like, "I already, I already killed her. Like we're good." Yeah. Um. Obviously, like every other, every other. Every other shitty lazy movie. Yeah. Um he was recording it. Yeah. And the laziest of another uh, devices. thing that has happened more, more in movies than in real life where some person recorded a conversation. That's that shit's not even admissible really. Like I know. Anyway, so he says so he gets catches him red handed, he has him confessing to what he's gonna do. Uh Ashley Judd's like, You're going to jail just like I did, blah blah blah. And then Tommy Lee Jones gets up to like I don't know to to walk out of the room with Ashley Judd or whatever, and Bruce Greenwood pulls out a gun and shoots him in the shoulder. Yeah, he had like a secret gun. You know, the like, secret gun. He had like a desk. It's gun. always the shoulder. It's always the shoulder. Well, you know that's why. I mean, anyway, uh, just no. I know. I, I literally just finished a script. Where a guy gets shot in the shoulder. <laughs> I guess I got to change that. So it's funnier if he gets shot in the leg, right? Yeah. All right, he's getting shot in the leg. I got to change it. So, so, Ash, so Nick gets the jump on Ashley Judd. God, he's, I'm such a hack. <laughs> <laughs> he gets the jump on her, and it looks like he's gonna like kill her for real this time. And then Tommy Lee Jones jumps on him, and there's like a fight, and it looks like he's gonna kill Tommy Lee Jones. And then she shoots Nick. She kills him. Mm-hmm. But it's only because she had to, because otherwise he was going to kill Tommy Lee Jones or maybe her or whatever. Yeah. So it was self defense. Um, she should have just, she should have literally just walked in the room and just put a cap in his head. It would have been so gratifying. <laughs> it would have been great. It would have been like, because then, yes. and then the one witness in the room, this this reputable guy, could have been like, yeah, well, he, he he's a moron. So he would have been like, double jeopardy. She's all good. <laughs> <laughs> Don't even worry about it, cops. She's fine. But even if, even if, even if they're like, even if they're like, uh, sir, you misunder oh you misunderstand God. what Devil's Jeopardy means. He's like, so wait, you mean I've been telling her all movie that she can kill him and she can't? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. we got to take her to jail. Be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. self defense. They're like, that's oh, good, yeah. that's, that's good, cool. that's that works, good. that works. Or they could have been like, pretty white woman, and yeah, there's that too. She would, she. I mean, I I don't remember what part made me say it, but I but it did occur to me at some point. Like, could you imagine if she wasn't a pretty white lady? It would have been difficult for her to accomplish this. <laughs> you think? All right, so. uh uh, yeah, so then basically we're at our last scene now where Ashley Judd and Tommy Lee Jones drive up to a school, which mm-hmm. looks like the White House. I'm mm-hmm. not sure why it's this like 
anyway, this 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 it's some boarding school, weird school. Yeah, some lovely boarding school. And she says, "This again. This is it's these clunkers." Where she says, "Thank you for saving my life." And then she gets to the car and he's like, "Thank you for saving mine." I'm like, oh my that god, that doesn't kill me. That's 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 what I expect from this level of movie. But whatever. She gets out. She she goes on the schoolyard to her kid and calls his name or whatever. And she says, "Do you know who I am?" And he says, he nods. He's like, "They told me you were dead." It's weird. It's a weird situation. But anyway, um, this kid seems to be fine with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, she gives him a hug, and we end in a freeze frame. Yeah. I, hate freeze frames oh they're too hard on freeze frames freeze frames are brutal they are they're the worst but like <laughs> but but you they but, are but the worst they're the worst but like it's oh i don't know i've come I really i've like come around frames. on them because they're so stupid but like they're I've, just antiquated like it's yeah, to see a freeze frame I, in 1999 to me just feels like what like it's just I, I don't know. It, it, it's 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 a device that drives me crazy. But it ends on a fucking freeze frame with her but, hugging her kid. But I, I I but I I do think that the reunion. It's sure it's the movie. It's, I understand. It's that. lovely. She spends the whole time working towards this, and she gets it. It's not rocket science, but it works. It's it's fine. It's it's like you know a, a lower level of science. Um, it's fine. a little less rigorous. It's. I mean, listen. It's of science. <laughs> it's. I don't mean to be too hard on this movie. I, I mean, listen. I don't think people... you have been. I think you've been kind of easy on it. I thought you were gonna fillet. It. Oh, I thought no. you were gonna eat it for lunch. No, we will save that for uh, for two weeks from now. Two weeks from now, uh, that's, you just gave too much away. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, is there anything else to say about this movie? About this movie? Not really. We really got into it. Like I, I, you know, I do like thinking about what the, what this has wrought, right? So you take a movie like yes, this, I agree with, and this movie did very well, mm-hmm. right? We've said that, especially in Germany, but very well all around the world. The Germans love this. Movie. And um, what what lessons were learned from this? I, I and and we did talk a little bit of like what remnants of this movie exist today. But yeah, we talked about some good movies. I mean, Gone Girl's a good movie. Girl on the Train's not a good movie. I never uh, saw Girl on the Train. I don't believe it's a good movie. And okay. Mr. Snowman is Mr. Snowman. It's like a notoriously bad movie that only I want to see. I'm looking forward see. to watching it. Yeah, I like movies like this, yeah. as you can tell. Like I like movies no, with, I, with I like sure. I like thrillers with 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 kind of more or less simple through lines. No, I agree with you. Clear character motivations. I stand action. by the fact that had this movie just been directed by somebody with a little bit more vision, this movie would be infinitely better, and I would have been on board with it. Yeah. I mean, honestly, and this is not whatever, but like Rennie Harlan. Your man. Had Rennie Harlan done this movie? Listeners, do you know that Phil once spoke to Rennie Harlan on the phone? <laughs> it's true. If you listen to my Deep Blue Sea episode, our Deep Blue Sea episode. But, you, but, uh, what, but what you convinced me about Rennie, about Rennie Harlan yes. is that Rennie Harlan would have on the known how silly this is. And, and he would have played it for it. Joe. He would have played it for fun. He for would fun. have. He, this is, that, that is the most damning thing I can say about this movie is that it takes itself Far too serious. All right. So has that movie ever been made? The movie that takes the piss out of this kind of movie? It must have, right? How the fuck hasn't it been? I, there, I, think I mean, they, some would argue Gone Girl. Well, a little bit, but it's it's so elevated. I know, but I'm just saying. Um, but people almost didn't recognize this as a genre. Like, it's, I, I, I no, think I of it like, like the shadowy poster, like the shadowy one yeah. sheet. They just thought dramas. 
Just yeah. dramas there or, hasn't or been, thrillers. There hasn't been someone that sort of like really kind of takes the piss out of this. Let me tell you what, what fucking Wikipedia uses to describe this movie's genre. Okay. 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 Double Jeopardy is a 1999 American neo-noir adventure crime what thriller. F- that's none of those things. I mean, or they all, all of those they things. all kind of apply, but like it's 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 its own thing. It's I mean, I, you call it like basically a legal thriller, right? Yeah, a, I guess. a legal thriller, and I, I like a I like a good legal thriller. Here's what's great: the genre it falls under on Box Office Mojo, Travelogue New Orleans. Yeah, that's what it is. It's a travelogue. <laughs> That's right. Travelogue New Orleans. What does is, what is Girl's Trip fall under? I don't know. Client is a New Orleans movie, right? Yeah, I don't know. All right. I think we did it, man. I think that's Double Jeopardy. I mean, I well, we haven't done it. We haven't done our... Oh, our we're about to. I know. I can't wait. But um, Okay. Didn't see this in 99. Did you see this in 99? No, no. I saw this on HBO. I had never seen this movie up until this point. In my, I, I saw this in bits and pieces on HBO here and there. Like so many movies, like this is the first one. This is the first movie yeah. that we have done that I saw in bits and pieces on TV. Like, yeah. like so many of my favorite movies were, were bits and pieces movies. I mean, I definitely remember. I remember the poster. Like, I remember this movie. I remember it being a big movie. I remember working at a video store when this came out on DVD. Like, I do remember subtly it. judging everyone who rented it. I don't. I don't believe that's true. But uh, <laughs> I, I could be wrong though. Uh, so, what would you? What would you? What's your zero to ninety nine on this one? Um, my zero to ninety nine on this movie. Yep, a forty nine. Oof, just just didn't make the fifty. It's a forty nine. If because I'm not because <clears throat> I'm a thirty two for me. I'll tell you why I'm a forty nine. We've we've talked about in the past like fifty is is recommend. Yeah, I'm making a, a clear point that I'm not going to ride for this movie. So I'd like this movie about as much as a human could like it without saying you should watch it. Right. Okay. Um, which is which is to say, like, I don't think it's a good movie. I don't think most people will get excited about excited it. about it. You won't get anything out of it. You won't you won't have a good experience watching it. There are so many better movies like this that you could watch if you oh like God, this kind yeah. of movie. There's I, I mean I, there's like ten or fifteen just off the top of my head. Right. But to me, this genre is pretty close to bulletproof. Uh, it's not that hard to make. That I agree with. And it was a fine watch. Not going to ruin your day if you happen to buy it. You got a 32. I'm giving it it's a 32. It's not that bad for me. It's, I mean, 32, I'm giving it 32 for a, a couple nice sequences in terms of like, you know, some good some good action sort of suspense thriller beats that I'm, that I, you know, I think that Ashley Dudd and, and, and Tommy Lee Jones are, are, are good in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, even if I feel like Ashley Judd I, I think about, like, the Michelle Pfeiffer version of this, and I'm just immediately way more interested. It's different, though. Um, it would be great. I mean, she's – I love her. So she she would be amazing. Uh, but, yeah, it's, 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 it's low tier. It's definitely low tier. So our, our Michelle Pfeiffer movie this year is The Story of Us. Is it the only one that we have And our her? Bruce Willis movie this year is The Story of Us. Hold on. That's that the first. That can't be right. That's is the that first true? bad thing that's happened to us with this year. That's the first time this year has let us down. Is two that my, really? Two of my favorite actors. Well, you're getting them in the same movie, though, so that's something. Yeah, but it's a divorce movie, which I've never seen. I don't mean to knock it. It's Midsummer like, Night's Dream. She's in that. That's also 99. She's also in The Deep End of the Ocean, which is in 90. We, we have three, oh, I look forward to seeing that. We have three Michelle Because that was movies. a big book, and, and that's kind of And we have more. Thing. You've got uh, your fucking sixth sense. You got more Bruce. So exciting. So 
we're good. We got we, we, we got, got three got Michelle Pfeiffer movies. movies. All right, so maybe we're, we're gonna we're, it's gonna be great. Uh, you ever, did you, I saw Midsummer Night. Oh, you know what else we the have? Theater. <laughs> we have Breakfast of Champions, which Oof. I can't wait to do. That's have you seen it? Weird. Have you seen it? Yeah, I've never seen it. I couldn't finish it. I just know it is but a. I mean, I'm curious. It is a. It is a apparently a glorious disaster. Yeah, and you know, well, it's, it's, Vonnegut it's an, un, it's an unfilmable book. I mean, all of Vonnegut stuff is pretty unfilmable. There's, but they're you, you know, there is a Slaughterhouse Five movie. There is. I've never seen it. They're trying to do two TV shows. They're trying to do Cat's they're Cradle. They're doing a Cat's Cradle TV show. Which, which I, I mean, Noah Hawley, I'm sure he'll do a great job with it. And they're trying to do Sirens of Titan. I think, I think uh, Dan, uh, Dan Harmon's trying to do that. Good luck. I think at this point yes. in, in history, yes, Vonnegut's catalog should be um, should, just just be people should be pouring through. Yeah, it. yeah. It should, it should, it, what's the word I'm looking for? It should be um, reapproached or yeah, reappraised. Sure, reappraised. That's right. Yeah. People should people should try to make those movies that you couldn't make back then. So I can't believe that Double Jeopardy, uh, 1999, R-rated, number five. In the box office. For the whole year? Yeah. Number one. Wait, wait. I want to try. I've looked at this in a, a number of times. R-rated. Oh, the the R-rated, R-rated movies? That's what you're giving me? The R-rated movies? Hard. Okay. Matrix Harder. is number one, right? Yeah. Um, And is Blair Witch number two? Yep. And four and five is... You're going to have a tough time with, I think. All right. So let's do guesses. Uh, I mean, uh, clues. I'll give you some clues. Um, The third one is... Was nominated for Best Picture. Oh, then I'll definitely get it. You just basically gave it away. Because um, there's only five of them. Was the Sixth Sense? No, Sixth Sense was not R-rated. So it's a Sixth Sense, not Green Mile. Uh, I doubt the Insider made more money. So was it American Beauty? American Beauty is number four. Insider is number three? <laughs> the Insider made like $10, Kenny. What? It's the Green Mile. The Green Mile made more money than American Beauty. Green Mile was rated more, R too, more, and it made more money than six million dollars more. But yeah, more money than Double Jeopardy. Yeah, it's crazy. You know what I'm learning? What are you learning over the course? I've learned two things that I didn't necessarily expect. One, the average movie in 1999 is so much better than the average movie today. Absolutely. And I almost literally called this an average movie. 49. Mm-hmm. So the average movie is so much better. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really seeing how important movie stars are in a way they it, they They're just aren't anymore. anymore but you know we'll see it, it but i'll preview. also to that point sorry to cut you off but no. to that point uh of the top five movies you've got the matrix blair witch green mile american beauty double jeopardy blair witch had no one in it american beauty i mean we can argue the 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 star wattage of of kevin spacey and, and annette benning but what's interesting too on that is you got The Matrix. It opened on two, uh, 2,849 screens. Blair Witch opened on 27. You've got The Green Mile opened on 2,875 screens. American Beauty, 16. Well, all right. So we can take those each at a time. The Matrix was a phenomenon, and it's a phenomenon today. It will always be. Yeah. Same with Blair Witch. They just don't really fall into these categories. If you have these, The Green Mile is only successful because of Tom Hanks. It's not – I mean – like, I mean we'll, that that and and Stephen King mixed with Frank Darabont, but yeah, I hear we'll you. get there when we get there with that movie. But like <sighs> that's that's a it, tough one. I'm if, not, I'm, if it wasn't Tom Hanks, I can't even imagine anybody wanting to see it. Would you see that movie with? Um, would you see that movie with Gary Sinise in the lead role? You know, no. would you see that movie with? But like, it is it is you're very right, and I, and I, I 
movie stars meant something. This was a time when movie stars still meant something. I get why, they, and I and get I, why Tommy Lee's making fifteen yeah. for this movie. Yeah. No, I agree. You know, yeah. you take Tommy Lee out and you put Donald Sutherland. Like no one sees this movie. Yep. So I totally agree with you. It's interesting. Um, so speaking of movie stars, next week we are doing a double bill revolving around maybe. I mean, what are we talking? Top five greatest movie stars. Certainly, of our generation, maybe top three. No question. Julie Roberts. We are going to do the two Julia Roberts movies that came out in 1999. The first being Notting Hill, the second being Runaway Bride. Mm-hmm. Both made a staggering sum of money. Mm-hmm. Because she's a movie star. Because she's a movie star. And also, I mean, one of those movies proving that more than the other in terms of box office. Yeah. Because one of those movies is not very good. You can guess which one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're going to have... One of them is excellent, and they both made right around the same amount of money. So she is like... That's true. Yeah, there there, there are questions as to, you know, who the audience was for these movies and the kind of people that went and saw them, the kind of people that went and saw them again. But Julia Roberts, at this point in her career, was able to open a movie and sustain it um, in a way that nobody is today. So... Yeah, it's... it's, you know, we'll obviously get into this more um, over the next two weeks because it will be a two-parter. Uh, it's it's amazing how perennial she is. You know that today she still makes a ton, her movies make a ton of money. I mean, Wonder made a lot of money. Yeah, it did. Um, I mean, it's, it's right place, right time. But still, like she's she's pretty smart. There's just no one like her. Uh, and I, I would also say too. You know, we, we we'll talk about this more obviously in the in the future podcast. But like, she takes risks too. I mean, Closer is a that's a dark ass movie. I love movie. that movie. She's and she's great in it. Yeah, she's because amazing. she goes for, she goes you know for the for the throat on it. It's mm-hmm. it's I don't know. I, I she's she's a she's awesome. And these are uh, and Notting Hill is great. Uh, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> we're gonna have uh, for the first time we're gonna have guests. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to have two guests, in fact, uh, two close friends of mine. Um, one is my roommate. One I've never w- met him. <laughs> one was my roommate. One, uh, is my roommate. Uh, Corinne Steichman and Melissa Laura are going to be on here. Um, and sure, they're lovely. They are, they're great. And they are connoisseurs of the romantic comedy. So we're very excited to spend if, arguably they're gonna, they're three hours for their money. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they've seen every romantic comedy that I've, I mean, that I can think of. Uh, and we felt like it was, uh, we needed some new voices in here and we needed some, you know, it felt like, uh, felt like the right play. Can't wait. And I'm then really we're gonna, excited. We're going to have more guests coming down the road as well. Um, it's going to be good. It's going to be fun. Thanks so much for listening. So, uh, please rate and review. And subscribe. And subscribe. And follow Phil at... Why, why do you want to be followed? Why am I... <laughs> follow Phil at PMSGOV. That's true. On, on Twitter, Twitter. And Instagram. You can follow me if you want. All I do is retweet Phil. But <laughs> it's true. Kenny is less than engaged on social media. I retweet him with um, with some witticisms. It's true. It's so, true. They're very witty. Yeah, I'm a witty guy. But uh, but follow us um, and uh, get excited because this Julie Roberts uh, two parter is it's uh, it's gonna be a lot like Podcast like it's 1999. Podcast like it. It's just podcast like it's podcast like it's 1990
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.